Hi guys, Rachel here. So obviously this is weird because you're listening to this episode on on a weekend instead of on Wednesday or Thursday and that's because I had a family emergency so it's not coming out until now. But um, this episode is not a replay. It is a new episode with a special guest um, and I will just let you guys know she... Um, she is a drag racer, um, and her story is extremely interesting because she has a background that is not typical for a race car driver. Um, that is all I will say about it, and um, I do hope you guys enjoy this episode with Nancy Matter. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest with us. She is a NHRA funny car owner and driver. Um, and I mean, guys, she's been doing this for 20, over 20 years now, and um, she has an amazing story, and I know you guys are going to love it. So welcome, Nancy Matter. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so exciting. Yeah, no, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come on and share your story. Um, you have such an amazing story. It's it's different than what we normally hear about race car drivers. So like I, I'm so glad that you were able to come on and talk about it because I'm I'm excited because honestly I geek out like like you do when it comes to your background. So but obviously before even before that, like as a kid, like, were you already into racing or was this just something that like just became a thing later on? No, I started um, kind of being schlepped around to racetracks when I was probably a couple years old. Okay. Uh, my mother and her fourth or fifth husband, whatever he was, I don't, there was a lot of them there. Um, he, he drag raced. And so, you know, we just, I just grew up as a kid running around the track and, um, did, I did a lot of jobs. I was pretty far advanced um, in school and stuff. I skipped a couple grades and did all that. And then I worked at NHRA when I was a teenager, uh, when Wally Parks and Barbara, Wally and Barbara Parks were alive. And then when I was 13, I had, you know, handed out time slips. They didn't have juniors and all that stuff. They came, they came much later. But, um, you know, like if there was a place we could go play hide and seek or go play in gravel, we did that. Or if they needed me to hand out time slips and do stuff like that, I did that. Uh, when I was 13, I met Lou and Vicky Gasparelli. And they're the Lou was a very, very strong power hitter in the alcohol funny car ranks. So from the age of 13 till 19, when when it made sense, because I couldn't drive yet. They would send a crew guy down over to pick me up to take me to the races with them. Or I'd see them at, you know, division races or, you know, they weren't really, they were called points races back then. And, um, you know, and stuff like that. So I would just go and help them. And I learned different things in funny cars. I actually sat in my first nitro funny car when I was four years old. 
It was Larry Fullerton's Trojan Horse. And I can remember a little bit of it. It was in Van Nuys, California. And I just kind of remember getting into the car and sitting there and doing the vroom, 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 <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was kind of ingrained into me at a very young age of funny cars. Yeah. Um, and, and that's amazing that you were around that as a young kid. And obviously, I mean, look at you now, like you've pretty much made this your life, right? So it is. Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, when you're a kid, like by the time I was about, I don't know, 14 or 15. And I, again, I was very far advanced. I was graduating from high school at 16. So I was, I was pretty far advanced and everybody asked me, so, you know, are you going to follow, you know, are you going to get a funny car? Are you going to do this? And I said, Oh yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to call it tumbleweed because tumbleweed was my handle on a CB radio. And so, you know, and you know, 15, 16 years old, you got the world, like you're, you're just, you've got the world. Right. And then I met a boy (laughs) and I got married to said boy. And then I had children's to said boy. Um, and so I have two children and that kind of, when I turned 19, he wasn't real fond of the racing. Um, and so I just said, okay, well, I really love music. And so I did this whole transition and I started playing music and then I became a music engineer and then I excelled as a music engineer and then I got a divorce and then I got back to racing. How's that? Ah, yeah. And so that is one thing that I, I love is that you have this background in music, which is not the typical thing for a race car driver, because I mean, you know, you, first of all, being a music producer and engineer at Buena Vista Music Group, that's like, that's huge. Like that means like you've made it. Like that's not one of those small, you know, accomplishments. And, you know, the fact that you have over 70 gold and platinum albums that you worked with, like with just different artists and genres. And I would love to know at least like maybe three or four artists that you worked with that are like legendary. I'm sure you worked with like some really great ones. Yeah, I have. I've been very, 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 very blessed in my studio post Disney or Buena Vista Music Group. Um, I did an anthology for Ray Charles. Oh, wow. Uh, Run DMC, but it was just Daryl Mack uh, with Chex, Thugs and Rock and Roll mm-hmm. for his album. It had Kid Rock on there and Sarah McLaughlin with Cats in the Cradle. Uh, a lot of artists. It was a really, really cool album. Um, I did 135 albums for The Who. They were all oh. their whole tour, world tour. Uh, Peter Gabriel, Genesis. Uh, the list is, uh, I don't know, you know, when I worked at Disney, the, you know, I worked with Christina Aguilera. There's just like the whole list of the gambit is just so far. It, it, it's so far wide from independent artists all the way to legendary artists. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky. A lot of Grammy award winning artists. We had uh, Ann Nesby. She came into the studio the morning she got nominated for a Grammy. Wow. And so we were working on her album. She's out of She's in outside of Atlanta. Um, uh, you know, just uh, the Kubota, uh, I can't remember their names. Uh, Grammy Artist Award winning, you know, just a lot, a lot. Right. I was very, very fortunate in my career. Yeah. Well, and honestly, that's amazing that you got to work with Ray Charles. Like, you um, know. I actually. I worked with his uh, engineer and the management company. At that point, Ray was already starting to get sick. Oh, but the, okay. But the anthology was so huge because it was two 60-minute 
uh, disc one, disc two. Okay. And we went all the way from like in the sixties and we brought it all the way up to, to one of his last live concerts. Oh. And, and so we had to edit everything and we had to denoise stuff. We had to make each venue transition smoothly so that there wasn't an extreme difference between the different venues right. around the world. And same with Duran Duran. We had to do the same thing with Duran Duran. I had to do the same thing with Peter Gabriel because they were all live concert yeah. uh, endeavors. And so a lot of times, you know, like I would get invited to go to the shows and do this and be in the green room and do this and do that. Um, I was raising my kids by myself at that point. And oh, so okay. it was more important to me to stay home and just keep working. And I mean, I worked 18, eh, probably 16 to 18 hours a day, unless they had events and stuff that I did with them and cooked dinner and all that. Um, but um, yeah, so I opted to kind of pass on all the, the nightlife part yeah. of have fun, you know, cause I just, um, I was very devoted to my craft okay. and my kids. Yeah, yeah. And being a single mom is is very hard, you know, and that that's definitely something that, yeah, you kind of wanted to spend as much time as you could with them, even though yeah. you were working a ton of hours. It's just you wanted, still wanted to be a part of everything they had. Well, on. it was kind of cool because both my kids were, were, were a little bit advanced as well. So my daughter, when she got out of school, she would answer the phones and she would do a lot of the billing and stuff like that. And my son, uh, he was two years older, so he had his license. So he became my studio runner. And so we just, you know, so like he would be delivering, you know, taking my car and delivering masters over to the record company or taking, you know, going and picking up checks or delivering CDs or, you know, so I kind of had him, you know, it was kind of this, we had this working relationship that as well as being mom and, you know, and, and them being my children, we, I didn't treat them so much like they were my best friends. Right. Uh, they were still my children. They still had rules. They still had, you know, like if I sent them a, a page, you know, you have 10 minutes to answer this page. If you don't answer this page, we're going to have a problem, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, there's a real big, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they, and they, you know, it was like, we were kind of out in LA, just the three of us. Uh, and we just banded together. I mean, it was really special. It was really cool. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, you guys pretty much had it like a family business and they were helping you, you know, do that. And well, yeah, and it was teaching them responsibility yeah. of you know, this is the real life of you get out of school. And if you don't have any homework, you need to do something. And, and this was it gave them their extra money to, you know, do the things that they wanted to do. Some things were a little questionable, but you know, <laughs> raw kids. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's like, mm, you know. Um, yeah, some we, of them. Yeah, we've all <laughs> probably done some questionable things that we look back on, and it's like, why yeah. did I do that? Like, yeah. I don't know why, but you know, looking back on it, it's like, uh, I don't want my kids to do that. You know, <laughs> like try and keep them from doing that too. <laughs> well, the best one, I think, like my son was eighteen, and I found his fake ID. And it said he was 21. And so when I found that, and I just literally was like with scissors, just going, ha, watch me. <laughs> He's like, Mom, how could you do this to me? And I'm like, dink. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your bad luck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> anyway. man. Yeah. Um, but then with from that transition, mm -hmm. So uh, that's when I got back into racing, literally within probably a year after my divorce was final. Mm -hmm. And I was still working at Disney, um, got back into racing. And actually, when I bought the Super Comp Dragster, I got my license at Holly's in Pomona. I bought my Super Comp Dragster. I found a pretty inexpensive trailer. 
uh, and a car. Well, my son was, he was 18, 19 years old at mm -hmm. that point. So when he wasn't like, he was done with school. So he would actually drive the truck and trailer to the different races. Oh. And then I would fly in because I was so busy in the studio. So that mm -hmm. was kind of our mom's son time. And my daughter had her boyfriends and she, she wasn't, she liked the races, but to her, it was more like you have two types of guys at the track, mm -hmm. guys in black with a hat, guys in black without a hat. <laughs> that was it. You know, guys in black, that's it. But one set had hats, the others, the others didn't. And that's very, very true when you're working on these cars, cause you're dirty all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so yeah, so him and I went all over the country doing all that stuff for a couple of years. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy until I bought an alcohol funny car. Yeah, which is really cool because I mean, you know, you got to bond with your, you know, with your son over, you know, doing that together. You know, it wasn't just you doing it, you know, like he still had some type of responsibility, but it, it was a way for you guys to really bond. So it was fun. We had, we, we did some crazy things for sure. <laughs> and, um, but, it, but with the alcohol funny car, you know, he was starting to kind of get into his own deal. He's, he's really a professional musician at this point. Oh. Um, he lives in upstate New York. He, he works anywhere from three to six days a week, going out, doing live music, sometimes two shows a day. He's being recruited to do some publishing gigs down in and, and writing gigs down in Nashville. Um, he did a, a tour last year going down to Boca Raton and, you know, up through there. And he's actually opening for Mountain, which is oh, wow. uh, quirky. Yeah, he's opening for Corky for Corky's birthday in January next year down in Boca Raton again. Um, so he's doing two two nights with Corky. And so, you know, so he's he's really doing well. And the alcohol funny car, it kind of started getting to the point where it was, in my opinion, okay, mm -hmm. you're strapping your mom into this car and you've had this bond for all these years right. and it didn't go perfect. He, his, his high, low emotions would oh. be, become like almost too extreme. And, um, and it was, we are much, much better off not racing together at this point. Um, it's a little bit too turbulent for him to see that, to see stuff, you know, to see that happening. Mm. And it's so funny because, um, if something bad does happen at the track, he instinctively knows it and he'll call me. I mean, what'd you do to the car? Like, it's always, what did I do to the car? You know, it's like, <laughs> not, you know, what'd the mechanic do? No, mom, what'd you do to the car? You know? <laughs> so he has that, we still have that connection where, you know, we just know if something, something's not kosher. So. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, it's almost like, just like an intuitive thing. Cause yes. yeah. Cause I mean, I've had that with my husband later. It's been a couple of times where like, I couldn't go right like to the race with them and it's like it, it you just have this feeling and it's like something happened like i'm gonna call him because i know something just happened and it's like i don't know i guess because you've just been around it for so long and you've been around that person for so long it's like you just kind of have that intuitive connection like even though they're in the in the car so it, it's it, like the energy or something mm -hmm. you know it's it's a, it's a, it's a very strong connection. It's very special to have that, you know, it just, um, you just kind of, I don't know. We, we've been doing that with each other for so long, you know, that I was just kind of, oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> so, but it's special. It really is. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. And obviously, I mean, you've been racing for over 20 years now, which is yeah. crazy, you know, cause that, I mean, 
because you, you know, you've came through the ranks, you know, with NHRA, like, and now, I mean, you're, you're at this point now with your career, you know, this year where you're the seventh woman within NHRA history to be an owner driver of a top fuel funny car, which first of all, to me, that's crazy that there's only been seven in this long of a period of time. But that, I mean, that's such a huge accomplishment. Well, and I would like to clarify, um, that is seven owner drivers. That's not seven complete drivers. I believe the list is 87 women have driven nitro funny cars. Um, I've gone back and forth with some historians on this because I wanted to make sure that I had my information correct. And um, that's not including blown alcohol or a top alcohol funny car or Barbara, you know, Barbara Hamilton being, you know, having a blown willies and all that stuff. That is literally just nitro cars. Um, You know, I mean, because, you know, of course, you do have the force girls and you do have, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some other people out there, but they're they're racing under a helm of, uh, you know, a a racing entity, I guess you would say. Right, right. And my entity is Nancy Matter Racing. So. Um, the last female that did that, uh, is actually Paula Martin and Paula lives in Arizona now. And she, uh, this year is 25 years. Wow. So it's been 25 years and I will be the seventh female ever. Yeah. So far. That, but the fact that it's been 25 years, <laughs> like it's, that's insane. It's huge. Yeah. But, so, um, that, yeah, but I mean, that's a huge thing and I'm sure, you're ready for the season to start. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to just get the car together. You know, we, you know, life always has these ups and downs and little mm-hmm. hiccups that happen. And we took the nostalgia car, which is behind behind you. You can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, we took the nostalgia car out, and we did we did pretty good in Ennis, and we did pretty good in Pinwell. Well, we had to kind of disrupt our life, and we had to move our business. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to move everything in my life four times in eight months. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that kind of put a damper on things because we had to move our business like 12 miles away. And people think, oh, my God, you're over the bridge or so far. And it's like <laughs> you drive a diesel. That's one gallon of fuel. Like it's not that far. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of had to have had to rebuild and everything. And we're farther along on the car now than we've been in a long time. And we've got. Um, I've got that. I have to take a trip out to California. I'm waiting to see the confirmation on Bell Rose for the division race to go out with Gary Cooper and the A fuel car. Um, and then I'm going out to Jeff deals. I'm going out to dart and sleeves. I'm going out to all the different places to take a whole bunch of parts, drop them off. I've got some blocks that got to go, that have to go to Brad Anderson's, uh, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. And then once all that comes back in the picture, the, the pieces of the puzzle are going together finally. Uh, but it, it, it took a lot to move that many times for everything to settle. In fact, one year ago right now, we still were not set up in a diesel repair shop. Like we didn't, yeah, we, our shop, you know, we had to move from it. Um, we kind of, I'm not going to say we got, you know, dislocated or not dislocated, but we just had to relocate from it. And, uh, so it was a lot, it was a lot. Yeah. Hiccup. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that happens, but obviously you guys are, you know, getting everything back together and you're able to move forward and that's what matters, you know, cause yeah, like. It, it's it's crazy how like racing season is like right there, right yeah, next the week. Yeah, <laughs> like right there. The, the, the pro shit out is next, literally next week. Yeah, and 
um, you know, my goal at this point in time is to get my, you know, get the card done, get it out there, get some laps in it and make at least one event this year. Now, would I like to make more than that? Of course mm -hmm. I would. Um, does that all depend on like sponsors coming on board and marketing partners and this and that? Uh, I do have some marketing partners that are potentially lined up. They want to see the car on the track. So, you know, and, and, and I can't blame them for that, you right. know, because we, you know, because I had a, a hiccup, you know, so I call it a, a little curb that we've had to <laughs> overcome. Um, but, you know, but it's going to happen and I'm excited. I'm so excited about it. Oh my gosh. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you, like, I'm so ready to get strapped into the car and just do that first burnout and just, I'll probably cry to be honest, because it's been people don't realize, you know, like you watch NHRA on Fox mm -hmm. sports or whatever, or even if you have NHRA TV and you're streaming it and everything, you really see such a small portion of really what goes on behind the scenes. And you have people that say, Oh no, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And they show up when it's time for the rig to leave. And, and you're like, well, we really needed you here like three hours ago. So you could have helped us load the rig, <laughs> you know, and, and our biggest joke, and I know this is kind of, gross or whatever but our biggest thing is okay you're going to be the first to clean the porta potty <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure come on you know? <laughs> some help stopping at the truck stop and dumping you know <laughs> um, and, and it's the non-glamorous part of mm -hmm. racing that's the reality of what really goes on um the you know 20 seconds that you see the car on the track or the minute you know doing the burnout backing up and the interview of the crew chief or the driver or whatever that's the that's the fun part um and and to me all of it's fun but that's that that's really the excitement and the vibrant part that people you know, really get their hooks into, especially when you've got 11,000 horsepower and times that, you know, times two. So you got 22,000 horsepower launching at the hit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something that really, I mean, it pounds your chest and it pounds your chest from start to finish. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I don't know the fastest I've gone so far is about uh, around 40, 4,200 horsepower. Oh. So I'm mean, doubling it. Um, yeah, when, like, we've been to a couple NHRA races, and it's like, just being and just being out there, experiencing, like being at the actual track and not watching it on TV is an experience that I would automatically recommend to anybody. Um, yeah, yep. it's a huge difference. And yeah, like, it's crazy when the cars come by. Yeah, like, it makes you vibrate. <laughs> like, you know. There is something, you know, it's until somebody has done it. Like, mm. I mean, you take, like we call, you know, like, have you ever been to the track? No, you really should come. And then we get people to come and they're like, oh, we had no idea it was like this, you know? And, and um, it's really fun. It's a very family orientated. It's also very, you know, you're out there to win. You're out there to, mm -hmm the best and you're out there to perform to the best of your ability and so it is very very competitive as well right. uh, but i wouldn't trade it for the world <laughs> i'm like obviously <laughs> i've invested a little you know yeah so. you know you only invested a little bit you know not much it's gonna be a lot more. <laughs> but yeah yeah no it's good it's good yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that you're passionate about and, you know, the fact that you get to, you get to 
live out your passion is, you know, is what matters. So. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, I learned a long time ago when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we could do this seven days a week, 24 hours a day, because to us, this is not work. And, um, I, I don't know, you know, and, and, and that's what I'm hoping. I've got some branding stuff that's in the works right now. And, mm-hmm. um, to, have this become the day job. Um, you know, I don't necessarily do so much work on the cars, but I do the stuff behind the scenes. I do all the marketing. I make sure everybody gets fed. Um, I have a somewhat of a foundation that I raise money to give back to vetted foundations and to children, families with children that have DIPG, um, which is a fatal cancer, um, and stuff like that. And we've probably, I don't know, and we've raised 75, maybe $80,000 over the last few years with these. And all we do is we repurpose used racer spark plugs. Oh. And I actually take them and I color code them to the car that I got them from. And I turn them into keychains with and without bling. Hmm. And so with, um, I'm sorry, I don't have one here I could show you, but um, with children, when they walk by the booth, I every child gets one. I don't care, you know. Now the big children, no, it's a donation. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> But, but for the kids, you know that, and I love to hand the kids bubbles because bubbles, they just, they love yeah. bubbles. I love bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people have pictures of me doing blowing bubbles with kids, you know. <laughs> I love bubbles. So, yeah. yeah. But you know what? You know what? Let me tilt my camera up. You see the the picture back there? Yes. That's my nostalgia car. Oh, okay. That was on the Autolite first brands at PRI two years ago. That was the side of their booth. And it's it's actually about, I don't know, it's like probably 14 foot tall. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. See, so keep going up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, I mean, that's just the picture of the car, but. Yeah. I can't turn this around. Go, hey, there's <laughs> my. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's just, oh, well, of course. No, I'm so glad that you came on and shared your story. I, I love everything that you're doing. And I can't wait to see you on the track this year. And you never know. I might be able to go to Bell Rose when you go. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Pretty close to you. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be very far from me. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think we're running the 23rd, February 23rd and the 24th what i'll do is i'll keep you posted um i haven't gotten quite 100 percent commitment yet because if that doesn't happen then i'm going to shoot out to california okay. so I gotta, go to, to, I gotta go take care of stuff for this car too so. <laughs> right yeah and for everybody listening um i will definitely have all of nancy's links in the show notes so you guys can follow her on social media make sure that you keep up with everything that she's got going on um, and yeah, no, thanks, Nancy, for coming on. I appreciate it very much. Oh, and by the way, my spark plug thing, my spark plug, my spark plug thing, uh, <laughs> racers igniting hope is Race- what I call it. Yeah. And that's on, I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And I kind of, you know, with having to move so much, um, I kind of had some things you just keep moving forward and some things mm-hmm. have to stop for a little while. So we right. have to stop. I've got a whole bucket. I also make Christmas tree ornaments out of them. If I can't drill them, I put them upside down and I, I put uh, like an elastic silver or gold gold metal flake string. Mm-hmm. And so they can hang on Christmas trees. 
Oh, neat. <laughs> neat. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, and we'll definitely link all of that as well. So yeah, thanks again. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, guys, that's it. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Na- with Nancy. Um, as mentioned, I will be linking all of the social media links and her website and all of that in the show notes. So definitely make sure you check that out. And um, besides that, thank you guys for being here and listening. Um, I appreciate you if you're a first time listener or you've been here since the beginning. Um, you know, we have been around for a little over a year now and, um, I can't thank you guys enough. And so definitely if you love our content, share it, you know, on whatever social media platforms that you're on, um, and make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Um, and you can rate and review the podcast um i know on spotify you can rate on only and on apple you can rate and review that helps people find the podcast um because without that you know we kind of get knocked to the bottom and you know it's a lot harder for people to find us so um but yeah do what you guys do like obviously it's been working because we've had you know so many people listening to the podcast and I appreciate it so definitely um do that and until next week guys uh, take care go out and manifest your best lives and I will see you guys in the next one bye